body was broken, your love poured out. You bled and you died for me there on the cross. You breathed your last as you were crucified. You gave it all for me. Savior, hallelujah, you are a friend, hallelujah, King forever, and we thank you for the cross. Dark is our violent home. 
steal the joy I own And when brokenness and pain are all I know And I won't be shaken And I won't be shaken And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love when shame no longer has a place to hide and I am not captive to these lies and I'm not afraid to leave my past behind and I won't be shaken and I won't be shaken and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't Stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And this power that can break off every chain. This power.
the chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand the chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand the chance when I stand in your chance. Nothing stands a chance against our Savior. There is no one greater. There is no darkness that can stand in the light. He will cast it out. He casts out all fear. Hallelujah. And we have something to raise a hallelujah about. We have something to be thankful for. He is a good, good Father. Amen.
There's a get to know you card right in front. If you wouldn't mind filling that out, we would greatly appreciate it. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening.
algo. Okay, we'll do this one. How many of y'all are glad to be here tonight? Anybody? Amen. Well, we are glad you are here, and we're looking forward to our guest speaker in just a moment. But uh, before we do so, um, just one super quick announcement is, obviously, we have Palm Sunday this coming Sunday, so we invite you to be in church for that. Then next Friday, we have our, our good Friday time of reflection. It's going to be a, a good time of coming from 6 to 8 p.m. The church will be open. There are different stations of reflection, uh, the different uh, aspects of the crucifixion of Jesus. So it's a great family time to come here and be here for that. Then certainly Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we're together celebrating the resurrection of Jesus that day. But anyhow, um, so please be part of, of those services. Other than that, um, I really just want to get into the offering tonight. And what we're going to do, a uh, little different, um, we're going to take up our, our normal offering, which is our Wednesday offering, and at the exact same time, we're going to take up our guest speaker offering, okay? So, so there's no confusion, all right? The normal offering, if you have your normal tithing offering, will go here. Guest speaker offering goes over here. Okay, which offering is this? Normal. This is guest speaker. Yes, okay, so you got it. So, um, and, and we always want to... Bless and honor the gifts that come to the house. Amen. So um, if, if, unless it's your tithe, everything should go to the guest speaker tonight, and we believe the honor of the house will come uh, with the giving for the gift that is here tonight, and we believe that God is going to be with us. Now, here's the thing. Always come to church with an expectation that God is going to do something. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. And I expect and I believe that God will be with us tonight, and he's going to do some very good things, things that only God can do. And in your giving towards the guest speaker, you're sowing into those moments before they happen, okay? So as we give tonight, uh, we're going to believe not only, um, we know God's already present, God's here, the Holy Spirit's here, but we're believing with expectation that something's going to happen to touch your heart tonight. Amen. All right, let me pray over those offerings, so if you have something, you can bring them forward. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come tonight and be with you tonight, Lord. And, and, and we have an expectation, Jesus, that something's going to happen for each person here, that nobody's going to leave here the same as they came. And we're going to draw on the gift that's here tonight, Lord, and we, we thank you for an opportunity to be here for it in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. So if you have something to give, go ahead and bring it forward. And in just a minute, we'll release our, our guest speaker. Amen. Now, now the last three nights, I've been over at the Botkins campus for uh, 
Mr. D'Amico, and they were, they were some pretty good nights. Let me just tell you, some good things were happening. So I was looking forward to uh, having him with us tonight. And then, if you didn't know this, tomorrow night and Friday night, he's at the Kenton campus. So if you want more of, of what we have tonight, you can go see that. Then I know then Sunday evening, he'll be back at the Kenton campus again. So a, a full week of being with the Only Believe campuses this week. So we're excited for what's going on. So uh, Mike's going to come grab the offering off the stage here. And uh, I'm going to introduce our speaker. Uh, Christine Miko has been in ministry for over 30 years and um, travels all over the nation, travels the world, uh, ministering the gospel. Here's the thing about it is the church needs the fullness of the fivefold ministry gifts. And as a church, you guys have to hear more than my voice. So what we do is we bring in uh, not only different voices, but we want different aspects of the fivefold ministry gifts. And uh, is this the second time you've been with, or third time you've been with them? Yeah, I thought the second or third time. And uh, I don't allow people to come to this pulpit that we don't come to trust. Let me know what I'm talking about. So we trust the voice and the gift that's coming here tonight. And uh, Mr. D. Mako brings a uh, prophetic gift tonight. And he brings that aspect to the fivefold ministry gift. And he has a teaching gift, but there's a ministry aspect to the prophetic gift that he brings to the house that I was looking forward to bringing here tonight. So that's why we do this. So uh, we're just going to get him going here. I don't want to take up any more time. So let's give Mr. D. Mako a, a big round of applause as he comes tonight to give us Praise the word. Thank you, sir. Amen. Love you, brother. All right, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet? Whoa. And uh, just, just go ahead and release the love of God. I think we might have a little problem with this mic if I get too down like this, okay? Just go ahead and, you know, just give each other a little hug or greet each other for a minute. And we're going to have to adjust this mic somehow because I think we're going to have some feedback or something here. We love you this evening. Amen. I think that's better, right? Okay. All right, you can be seated. This is, this is 37 years in the ministry. I served in the local church eight years um, in four different parts of the country. Um, I'm an ex-football player for the University of Buffalo. I played college football at the University of Buffalo. And we used to put the football up about 50 times a game. And so uh, we're just uh, good to see you. And uh, we just had so much fun, you know, and those, uh, those years were always fun because they were uh, years where you would, you know, work together as a team, discipline, hard work, you know. And, uh, you know, I, just because I'll share a couple things here. And, um, you know, at the wide receiver position, I don't know what's going on. It's okay, we'll get it. Not a problem. And, uh, you know, you know, you, you learn hard work and discipline is, is the prerequisite for anything. In fact, the root word of disciple is, is discipline, you know. So in any case, those years were wonderful, and you worked real hard. And I had a, an opportunity. My goal was to play professional football. And, you know, when I graduated from the University of Buffalo, I was a couple-year All-American at wide receiver and had professional tryouts for the university, at, you know, after the University of Buffalo with Buffalo, Dallas, and Tampa. And, uh, you know, I felt the call of God. And I just walked away from all of it 
to go to Bible school and went down to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've graduated with a business degree, and they wanted me to stay, actually, and coach, and then I had trials and all these decisions, you know. But when you really think about what is the greatest decision, that's the, the, the thing God has for you, you know. And, of course, Jeremiah 29, 11, God said, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord of hosts, not plans for calamity, for evil, but for a future and a hope and an expected end. And I've always said that, you know, the will of God is, the home is the will of God. So wherever God wants us to do, we, a man deviseth his ways and has ideas, and we think we should do this, that, and the other. But when God gets a hold of your life, that's all that matters. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, had tremendous opportunities to give glory to God. You know, my junior year, we, I was holding Bible studies in the uh, athletic recreation you know, the facility, and we were, I was bringing in professional players, and we were doing, giving altar calls. I, I'll guarantee you three-quarters of the team gave their life to Christ just because of, you know, because of the, the call to do those things, and you really put your priorities, really, that's really what was burning on the inside, and so we had so many good things happen there, and then, of course, I went down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, graduated from Brother Hagen's, Kenneth E. Hagen's uh, Bible, you know, their institute, and Graduated there a couple years, and you don't mind me just talking a few minutes here. And then between the fir my first and second year, uh, the NFL went on strike. And uh, a crazy Buffalo called my dad. My dad was a CEO. He was a businessman. He was an executive. He owned, he actually owned, he was a pharmacist by trade, but they were businessmen. They owned four drug stores and, and uh, had six partners. And Buffalo called and said, you know, uh, we want to sign your son. Again, it came full circle to play professional football. And my dad said to me, he said, well, he said, you pray real quick. And, you know, if you want to go sign, they're ready to sign you. And he said, he said, we'll just, I'll fly you in and you just go and go right into camp and that'll be it. I said, okay, this is like on a Friday. So you tell me quick because they want to know by Monday. So that's pretty quick, Pastor Caitlin. And I just, okay, so I prayed and the Lord said, nope. Don't do it. So I walked away from professional football twice to answer the call of God, and I have no regrets whatsoever. The NFL went on strike. I think they were on strike for about six weeks or something like that, and then they went off the strike, and they brought all the players back. So I would have been set back maybe. Who knows? You may have stayed. Who knows? But the bottom line, I'm thrilled to what I'm doing. This is, you know, we've been in the ministry now 37 years full-time, traveling eight years in the local church. I have a great deal of respect for the local church. I love pastors, love leaders. And uh, we love Pastor Dosick and his wife, Phyllis. And, of course, pastor, your pastors we love. I, I got a chance to be around just a little bit. And, Margo, I, I know we'll have a little more fellowship as time goes, you know. But um, you have precious pastors, and you're so blessed. Even to have this facility, it's so nice inside, and everything's so beautiful, and you're so blessed. And uh, I really believe with all my heart, God's doing a great work here. I sense that in my spirit, you know. Amen. How many of you believe that? Amen. Amen. How many of you appreciate your pastors? Give the Lord a hand clap for them. Amen. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Who is he that descended, meaning the Lord Jesus, but the same that descended into the lower parts of the earth? You know, Jesus went to hell for you and I, right? The Bible says when he ascended back on high... He led captivity captive. Oh, look at there, huh? Sweet. And uh, look at the head of hair on there. Oh, my God. She looks like she's 32. Doesn't she? Oh, my. 
But who is he that ascended? Speaking of the Lord Jesus, same that descended into the lower parts of the earth. When he ascended back on high, he led captivity captive. Now, one translation says he led a, old a trainload of Old Testament saints out of Abraham's bosom. So when the saints of the Old Old Testament died, they went into people, they talk about purgatory or all these religious different concepts, but they literally, those Old Testament saints went into the heart of the earth called Abraham's bosom. And then when Jesus came up out of hell, he said, I'm he who is alive and died and has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he opened up Abraham's bosom and let all those Old Testament saints out of Abraham's bosom. They all got born again, and they all came like a trainload, one translation says. He ushered them all into heaven, into glory. That's pretty good. Amen. And then, uh, and then he said, and he goes on to say, let captivity captive. And then he said, he gave gifts unto men, first apostles, second early prophets, thirdly evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now that's the fivefold ministry gift. Amen? So now there's a diversity of fivefold ministry. I always say the fivefold on the hand because, uh, you know, first of all, there's the teacher. The teacher is the only one that can get in your ear. You got it? And then, of course, you have the love ring, which would be the pastoral office, right? Are you listening to me? The apostle touches every... It, Every office. Sometimes an apostle looked like a pastor, looked like an evangelist. You know what I'm saying? It looked like he can function in all those offices, but primarily he gets something up and running. Pastor Dosik has an apostolic because he's, he's got all these campuses and he's starting all this. And you guys are a part of that with precious pastors, see? And then he says pastors and teachers. And so you've got the evangelist because it goes, it reaches the farthest. You got me? The prophetic office. It's a pointing office that'll call you out black and white, very black and white, those offices. So those fivefold ministry gifts were set in the church by Jesus. Amen? He's the head of the body and these representations. So when you have a pastor in your life, pastor and teacher for the perfecting of the saints, you really have, and it says for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, you'll never be perfected to all that God's called you to do, whether it be a career, whatever assignment in your life. Unless you honor your pastors and embrace that office and allow them to speak into your life. And remember, what you honor opens up to you. What you disrespect closes down. Like if your enthusiasm. <laughs> now, God has set these, these two right here into your life, and they are gifts from God. Amen. Precious gifts. Not just, oh, yeah, well, my pa No, they are gifts from the head of the church, anointed by the Spirit of God, it says pastor and teacher because the pastor has to teach you how to live. See, first apostles, second early prophets, thirdly evangelists, and this is pastors and teachers. Now, I've seen people travel or just teachers, but, but mostly the, the pastoral office has the grace to shepherd you, to love you, to develop you, but also to instruct you how to live. They're like big mom and dad. Isn't that right? They teach you. And I'm here to tell you, if what you honor, again, if you honor them, God will, listen to me, the wisdom of God will pour out of them. The grace of God will get onto you. You'll get perfected. You'll develop in everything you're called to do. And, and listen to me, there's a, there's a supernatural grace working through their office. It's not just, oh, yeah, you know, they're just pastor. No, it's a miraculous thing. You got me? So you got to honor them, and we love them, and God set them over you. Amen? So I think you ought to fly them to Hawaii next month. What do you think? That'd be good? Who would like to do that? We take up an offer and send them out? Then you all want to go with them, though, don't you? 
That's the problem. You don't want to. You want to stick around and be with them. They need chaperones. Oh yeah, so funny, right? But it's true. We need to take care of. And you know, years ago, I was in a, a particular minister's meeting, and there's a gentleman. He's a, he's on he's on Brother Copeland's board, Kenneth Copeland's board, and his name is Dr. Barclay. And you might not know who he is. You might know, but he flows in the prophetic office. And he pulled me out and he said some things to me. One of the things he said, the prophet's office is on your life. And I knew that, but it was confirmation. And he said to me, he said, uh, you have a call leader to leaders. He said that to me. And I love leaders. And I stand by leaders. And that's why I don't like any monkey business when people come against leaders. Don't like it. And the Bible tells you, I don't know why I'm talking about it, but it sure is good to hear. It's called mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. I've been praying all day. I just get up and comes out of me. What's important? But remember, the Bible says, touch not God's anointed. Don't touch him. What's that mean? You can't walk up and say, Pastor, I love you, and touch him. No, it means don't talk bad about him. Don't touch him with this thing. That's good, Brother Chris. Say that again. Don't touch him with this thing. Always have a good word. Always encourage your pastors. You know, I don't know why. I'll just say that. I've seen people come against the offices, the ministry gifts. I've seen trouble come to them. I'm not supposed to touch them. Pray for them. Stand with them. Encourage them. Pray for them. And there's sometimes there's things that they are privy to information that they can't tell you things. You need to trust their leadership. Well, Pastor, I don't understand that decision. You Well, wait a second. God, the head of the church, is instructing them. They have wisdom from heaven. So you need to trust your pastors. They're good people. I just see, I just see their hearts. It's just, you have such beautiful pastors, and you're blessed. Isn't that good? Yeah. If we stop right there, we done had church, right? Yeah. Right? So really, you know, and, uh, you know, I worked a lot of years ago in the local church, and the first position, I, I, did, I did youth work. I look, worked with teenagers and young people, and I was associate work, and I led worship. I wore so many hats, I didn't know who I was, you know? But you learn to serve uh, in the ministry, and that's really what it's about. Jesus said, let him who's greatest among you be your servant. Uh, amen? amen? So like every one of you, you have some sort of an assignment. God brought you here with an assignment on the inside of you, and giftings and talent. My brother's doing the sound, you know? He's doing the sound, he's doing a great job, you know? So, you know, how old are you, sir? Do you mind me asking? 86, and he's doing the sound. Like, great. Isn't that great? Most people, when they're, most people, when they're 86, and if I ask them, what are you doing? So he's like, what? He can't even hear sound, but he's doing sound. See, it's great, right? So we thank God for that. Everybody, every one of you have an assignment from God. And, and I always say, get in your lane and run hard, whatever it is. You work with the children, work with the youth, whatever, God, greeters, vacuuming, carpets, whatever it is, just do it with a good heart and serve because Proverbs 20, 20 says, a faithful man shall abound with much blessings. Yep. Amen. Psalms 101, verse 6, the Berkeley translation says, my eyes shall be upon the faithful, the land that they might be my associates. You know what? God will hire you. You're on, you'll, you'll, you'll be like one of heaven's associates through your faithfulness. God's watching for faithfulness. Amen? Amen? So cute. Seriously. I can't, look, she knows. She's a ham. She knows what's going on, man. Oh, boy. Isn't that great? But nevertheless, every one of you have an assignment. 
uh, in these last days. And man, it's exciting. It's exciting what's going on, you know? The world looks like it's going bozo crazy. But remember, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. And I just think, you know, like, honestly, again, I love pastors. I, I flew to a church in Arizona, the, about a 3,000-member church, and, I, and the Lord spoke to me to bring the pastor a gift. I brought this pastor a gift. He said, in 28 years of being in the pastorate, no one's ever brought me a gift. Yeah, like a traveling man. Never brought him something, you know? My name's not Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. Like, like, there's two kinds of people in the world, givers and takers. We're supposed to be givers in life. Amen? So always look, wherever you go, look for a way to just be a blessing to your pastors. You're not paying me to say, the pastor didn't pull me aside. Would you please say a few things? I'll throw an extra 50 bucks in the offering for you if you do it. No, ain't nothing like that, you know? I'm just talking out of my spirit. So, you know, and pastors and leaders, they come under greater assault. Did you know that? Jesus said, smite the shepherd and the sheep are scattered. There's something to think about that. You know, like if you were in, you know, in war, we see war in Ukraine right now and all that, what a mess going on. We need to really pray, you know. But, you know, if you were, a, you know, a sniper for one side of a war in one side of a country or whatever battling, who would, you, who would you try to hit? Would you try to hit the general with the four stars on his helmet or would you hit a private? You'd go after the four stars, right, because central intelligence and leadership would be knocked out. Well, Satan tries to headhunt against leaders. So that's why you need to pray for those in authority, that you, meet a, uh, that you might lead a quiet and peaceable life with all godliness. It's easier to spread the gospel when there's peace. But in the same respect, your pastors need prayer too. You know, like sometimes you think, well, they're there to serve you, and they are, but you have a responsibility to honor them and serve them and help them too. This is going over real well, isn't it? All right. If you, if you raise it to 100, I'll keep going. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, you know. But, you know, again, God set them in the church, and they're precious. And uh, amen. I think Hawaii, maybe a couple months? A couple months? What do you think? When are you guys free? A couple months will do it, all right. I'm just joking. Okay. But you know what? <laughs> You know, on my board, I've seen there's been pastors that have gone through hard seasons, and, uh, you know, my board members and I, we've, we've uh, you know, sent them off on cruises and different places for them to get refreshed because they work hard. Amen? Just like you work hard, right? How many of you work hard all week long, and you just, like, you want to rest too, you know, right? I had one person say, well, you're in the ministry. What do you do all day? Like, they think you sit around and eat marshmallows all day, you know? You know, Sitting on a lazy boy, you know, my bohunkus, sitting there and doing nothing. No, ministry is hard work. Are you there? It's one of the hardest professions, I think, on the planet. But there's great grace on it to serve and to impart and to love you. Amen? Amen. And I have to remind you this, how much he loves you tonight and how valuable you really are. You know, there's over, they say about six billion people in the world. There's no two fingerprints the same. Think about that for a minute. You know, Every snowflake that falls is not the same. Every blade of grass, not every, God's made you so unique, so special. You're his Michelangelo, his Picasso. He loves you so much. He's, got, he's, he's done a great work in you. How many of you could look back on your life and say, oh, my God, look what God's done for me? Lo? All of us, right? And if it wasn't for the Lord, we'd all be in trouble, right? 
How many times did he, did he bail you out when you were in trouble and God was there and the mercy and the grace of God stepped in to help you? Amen? Amen. How many? Come on, tell me. How many of you? All of us, right? You know, Lamentations 3, verse 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And they're new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. And you can't exhaust the mercy and grace of God, you know? How much he loves us, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't care where you've been tonight, what you've been through, maybe the mistakes you might think, well, I've messed up and I did this, that, and the other. But, you know, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that mercy is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And he loves you greater than any mistakes you could make. Philippians 3.13 says, I haven't arrived, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. You're to press towards the mark of the prize and the high calling in Christ Jesus. God's got greater things ahead for you. And then Romans 8.28 says, and we know, I like that, very confident, that he causes all things to work together for good in your life because we love him and we're called according to his purposes. So he'll take the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you'll come out smelling like roses. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you just do the right thing. Amen? Amen. In Proverbs 24, 16, says a righteous man falls seven times but gets up again. So God just wants you to keep getting up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all okay? Yeah. All right. All right. He loves you. Let's go, let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll kick over into some areas and just talk a little bit to you. And uh, we'll share this little direction. And, uh, and the power of God's going to drop in this building. Amen. Amen. We've had miracles, signs, and wonders all week long. People all over the floors, people set free to depression, suicide, tumors, deaf ears popping open, legs growing out, the miraculous. That's the ministry of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. Tonight we lift up the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God. Things in heaven, things in the earth, things under the earth. And you said, if you be lifted up, you draw all men to you. So we lift up the name that has power in three worlds. Not our ministry, not my name, but your name. The name that's above every name. We love you tonight. Father, I thank you for these precious pastors that love you, that have been dedicated. I pray the anointing would increase upon them, vision and direction. Psalms 115, verse 14, and the Lord shall increase them more and more, them and their family, the church family. I thank you for an abundance of finances from the north, south, east, and west to come in. Angels of God ministering spirits sent to render service for those who've inherited salvation. Go bring in the finances. Bless every congregational person with an increase, raises, finances, because they're tithers and givers. Even the seed that they sowed tonight, let it be, as they gave, it's given to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You're going to cause men to pour back in their bosom the same measure they meet. Yardstick, you'll measure back to them. I thank you for supernatural increase. We thank you according to Psalms 2.8. You said, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for thine inheritance and the other ones ends of the earth for thy possession. And we thank you for people in this city that are going to get born again in advance. They're going to come, lay their lives down on an altar, receive Jesus as Lord, get filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to get educated and taught by the pastoral office and the word of the living God. And then, Father, then in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, you said, When the singers and trumpeters became as one, lifting their voice, saying, The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Then the house was filled with a cloud, even to the point that the ministers couldn't stand, for the glory of the Lord did fill the house. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 1 and 2, When Solomon made an end of prayer, the fire came down from heaven, burnt the sacrifice and offerings, and the glory of the Lord did fill the place.
And Father Isaiah 40, verse 5, the prophet of old Isaiah said, Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, for we shall all see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken in Psalm 63, 1, 2, and 3. David said, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water to see thy glory and thy power as I've seen in the sanctuary, for thy loving kindness is better than life. And then Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, there one place, one accord, suddenly like a rushing mighty wind, God filled the house where they were seated, and they all spake with cloven tongues as a fire. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on that day, and there were devout men out of 17 different nations. Some were mocking, some were saying, what does this mean? And others were amazed, but Peter, standing with the eleven, said, you men of Judea and Samaria, be this known unto you, these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it's the third hour of the day, which is nine in the morning. But this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel in the latter days, he'd pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And then, Father, we thank you for Deuteronomy 11, 21, for days of heaven upon the earth. We thank you right now. And go back to Acts 2.17. He said, you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters would prophesy. Young men see visions. Old men dream dreams. And upon my handmaidens and my servants in that day, you said that you would pour out of your spirit. And so, Father, we thank you for Psalms 92.10, fresh oil from heaven. Fresh presence, fresh power. Father, I'm like Exodus 33.18. Moses said, I beseech thee, O Lord, show us your glory. Show us your power like a tidal wave. Hit this building tonight. Let people be saturated, changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. Father, I thank you right now for families being strengthened, businessmen being increased, finances coming in from the north, south, east, and the west. I thank you for body parts that can come into that. I thank you for angels of God ministering spirits. We welcome you from the other realm to bring body parts, to bring the miraculous for the healing power of God and miracles and signs and wonders to be done. Acts 19.11, you wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. They brought unto him handkerchiefs and aprons. And when they laid those handkerchiefs on them, if they were evil spirits, they were driven out. And if they uh, needed miracles or healings, they were healed. And then Mark chapter 5, verse 24, there was a certain woman that issued with the blood, suffered at the hands of many physicians, grew nothing better but worse, 4,380 days. But when she heard about Jesus, she said in her heart, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Then she pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and immediately in the Greek, Hebrew, Greek, actually, uh, the, the anointing or virtue was released into her, and she was made whole. And the woman, and Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Master, thou seest the multitudes throng in thee, and say, who touched thee? And Jesus said, someone touched me in faith, for he perceiveth that virtue went out of him. And we thank you tonight that you wish above all things that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. Now, Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every manner of sickness and disease among the people tonight. And then we thank you, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you healed back yonder, you'll heal today. And should Jesus tarry tomorrow, you'll still heal. And then we go on, 1 Peter 2, 24, that surely you bore our infirmities on the cross, we being dead to sin, alive unto righteousness with your stripes. We are the healed of the Lord. Psalms 107, verse 20, you sent your word tonight and healed them and delivered them from all destruction. We thank you, Father, right now. For uh, Isaiah 53, verse 5, you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace fell upon him. And with your stripes, I declare they are the healed of the Lord tonight. Proverbs 4.20, my sons and daughters, attend to thy words, incline thine ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for my words are life to those that find them. And health, marple, radiant health to all their flesh. 
And then, of course, Father, we thank you that uh, Jeremiah 30, verse 17 said, Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Save us, O Lord, and we shall be saved, for thou art our praise. Jeremiah 14, verse 14, verse 17 says, Heal me, O Lord, and again, we say, God, you are our praise, and we lift up your voice, the healer of my body and our life, in Jesus' name. We thank you this night that before it's all said and done, Jesus will be glorified, the church will be encouraged, and the blessings of heaven will invade this building in the name of Jesus. Now, how many can sense the presence already? It already started dropping, didn't it? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It feels good, doesn't it? That's the other realm. It's here. And if you didn't bring it, I brought it. It's here. Amen? Amen. You remember... Uh, Charlie Brown, you remember Linus? He had like the little cloud, he'd follow him. And it was a kind of a dark, it was Linus, right? With the dark. A pig pen, yeah, pig pen, yeah. He had that dark cloud. Well, well, guess what? We got the white cloud following us. It's the glory of God, the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. There's another realm out there, and it's alive and well, and it's here to meet with you tonight. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, well, we'll start with this. Several years ago, I was invited to Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, it was a, a conference, and I was one of the conference speakers. And there were three conference speakers. One was from South Africa. There was a gentleman there. And then there was another gentleman from, he's down in Texas. He flows in the prophetic office. The other was an evangelist. And I kind of flow prophetic office, pastor, teacher type of thing. And uh, we, had, we were alternating uh, you know, sessions, you know, like we had morning sessions and, you know, one of us would teach and then the woman in the evening sessions, and we just rotating constantly back and forth. It was a week long deal. So, so, uh, it was a morning session and I was supposed to teach. And so I got up and I, I had a subject on the inside of me and I was teaching and, and, uh, you know, the ministers were up in the front row and, uh, you know, the place was, there was a good crowd. I mean, there was a, like a leadership type of like a summit kind of, a, uh, you know, conference and I was teaching up front and I you know and uh and the strangest thing is there's one one of the uh guest uh ministers that was you know from Texas area he was teaching and you know he had taught the night before and I was teaching that morning session. so every time you know I'd be up here teaching just like I am right now I I, I don't sit still too much I got ants in my pants you know and so uh when I walk, I, just, I teach and I, that way, and I'm moving all over the place, you know? And every time I'd walk by him, say like where Pastor Kalen is, and I'd look over at him, and every time I'd see him, I'd see myself tackle him. <laughs> oh, my God. I, no joke. And this is strange. I'm like, what in the... And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Now, that's strange, isn't it? I, don't, I didn't see anywhere in the scripture where somebody tackles somebody. But, but I know that I, I had, the Lord spoke to people to run, to run after a chariot and do all kinds of, there's all kinds of different exploits that God did in the scripture. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like you got to be kidding me. And I'm teaching. You ever, you ever been talking to somebody, but you're having a conversation between your head and your heart? How many of you have ever been there? Like you're talking to somebody and they're talking to you and it sounds like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. But you having these thoughts between your head because you're thinking like, what in the world? And you're, you know, so we've all been there, right? So I walk, I thought, that, that can't be God. There's no way. There's no way I'm doing that. I'm not going to make a fool out of myself. And then I'd walk by him again and I'd get right in front of him like that and I'd see myself tackle him again. My name is Chris D'Amico and I approve this message. It's a true story. I'm not exaggerating. And so then I thought, no, there's no way I'm doing that. 
And, I, and I'm teaching, and like you're staring at me, people, and the back, and I'm sitting here fighting with God. Like, you got to be absolutely kidding me. So I just said, no, I do. I get behind me, Satan. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us all. Any case. So, I, you know, then I, now I'm testing it out because, I, you know, I'm not, like, no way. I'm not doing it. Because I don't know. I've, I've never done anything. Have any of you ever done anything like that in the church? Like tackle somebody? Maybe play college football. Yeah, I'd hit somebody hard, pick them up, and, you know, whatever. Good job or whatever. But, you know, in a church service, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm walking over, and I walk past him again, and then I'm like, I walk right in front of him, and I see myself tackle him again. I'm like, Lord, you have got to be kidding me. And then the Lord said, do it. Yes, sir. So what would you do? Well, I throw myself into things 150%. So I just went over and tackled him and hit him. You talk about strange. But I did it. I obeyed God. In a place you could hear a pin drop in a place. I was like, oh my Lord, did he just do that? This is a conference. So he hit it, the ground, rolled around, and everybody went like. And I just picked up and kept teaching, went on with my teaching. <laughs> it's a true story. I've only done it once, but it's a true story. Now, you better be careful tonight, because it could be the second time. And I've been training, so look out. I'm just kidding. So in any case, so we, you know, we closed the service out, and you know, I, we had God, God's power dropped in there. I mean, you couldn't say God wasn't in the building. The anointing was there, and people were being touched, and all kinds of things happening, you know? And so afterwards, we went to lunch afterwards, you know, and I said, I, and I, you know, we go into this lunch cafeteria, and I, and I said to him, I said, bro, are you, are you okay? I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. He's, and he looked at me, and he said, no, brother Chris, no. He said, I've been going through such a hard time, such a difficult time in my life in the ministry. He said, I told the Lord after these services that I'm done with the ministry. I'll never do ministry ever again as long as I live. I quit. I don't want to live. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want nothing to do with life anymore. He said, when you, uh, you know, when you hauled off and hit me, he said, all that busted off me. Boom! <laughs> Sorry. Bam! That's a true story. Now, to show you that I throw my heart into everything, the pastor told me, he said, you cracked the pew. That's a true story. They were out there, you know, last year, pulling the big pew out. They brought it down cellar and put a new one, and they were screwing it back because I cracked the pew. That's how hard I hit them. That'll, that'll, that'll serve him for not wanting to, for wanting to quit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've, that's only happened once in my entire life, and hopefully it won't happen tonight. But my point is, is he's going through the hardest time of his life, and he wanted to quit. He said, when you hit me, he said, the anointing hit me so strong. He said, all that depression, he had suicidal thoughts. It was all busted off of him. He said, I am a free man right now. 
How powerful is that? Now, that's unorthodox, okay? But, you know, Isaiah uh, 10, uh, 10 verse 27 says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It's the anointing that hit him. I hit him, but it was the anointing that hit him. Are you listening to me? Now, Luke 4.14 said, Jesus returned to the Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Notice the location. And they went a fame throughout all the regions about. He taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, which was his custom. And he opened up the book of Isaiah 61 and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, the anointing is on you. You're anointed of the Spirit of God. Colossians 1 and verse 18 says, Jesus is the head of the body, and if the head's anointed and we're the body of Christ, then you have an anointing on you. Amen? And I got a great revelation for you. Flies don't land on hot burners. Amen. Did you get that? Yeah. You know what they call it? One of the names for Lucifer is Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. And you're not dung or you're not trash where flies hang out. You're, you're his Michelangelo. You're, you're his Picasso. You're created in Christ Jesus. You're precious in the sight of God. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new, and all things are of God as reconciled you. Reconciled means bring back in harmony. Reconciled you back into himself and given unto you the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world back to himself. One translation says hugging the world back to himself. God was literally in Christ hugging the world back to himself. So that's how much he loves you. So you know the anointing is what broke that yoke off of him. Amen. See, and Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What's the message to the poor? If you poor, you don't have to be poor anymore, because he shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. David said, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread, right? And the Haggai 2.8 says, the silver and gold is mine, and the glory of the latter house should be greater than the former. See, so God's a provider. Amen. He shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So you have to go to the book of Malachi. I'm Italian. <laughs> the Malachi papers. Bring the tithe in the stores. You bring the tithe. If you don't, we'll shake you down and get the tithe out of you. Just kidding. Italian, you know. I'm just joking. It's a joke. Smile. It's okay. Right. We're not going to shake the tithe out of you. But, but you see, Malachi 3, verse 8 says, well, a man robbed God. Say, where'd you rob him? In tithes and offerings. See, you got me? See, so God wants you to bring the whole of your tithe. Last night I was in a service and I stood in front of a man and, and, I, and the Lord said, bring your tithes to the, to the house of God. See, he wasn't tithing. He stopped tithing. I think that's for somebody tonight. Just thought I'd throw that out there. The tenth belongs to God. Bring your tithe to the storehouse. Amen. See, now what that does, it says that opens up the window gates of heaven. And then the offering above the tithe is what causes the blessing to be released. I've proven it out. The tithe opens the window gates. The seed gifts above the tithe is what makes prosperity work for you. That's the engine of prosperity, the seeds above the tithe. Amen? The tithe just belongs to God. I don't know why I'm talking about it, but it's good. You know what the tithe is? It's Elmo's world. La, 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 la. La, 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 Elmo's world. you never seen it? Yeah. <laughs> See, your tithe just belongs to God. Just, it opens the window gates. Then you give above the tithe. That's where things begin to happen for you. Now, that's a, that's a secret. That's a key, okay? So, I doggy doggy dare you to try it. So, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for you in order to preach the gospel of the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
See, so Psalms 147, verse 3 says, He heals the broken heart, binds up the wounds. So God will heal anybody tonight. Good to see you. Come on in. Get her some popcorn. Hallelujah. See, so he heals the broken heart, and he heals, period. We quoted the scriptures to you about healing earlier. You heard it. Recovery of sight to the blind. You know, if you lost your physical vision, it's one thing, but if you lost your spiritual vision, he can give you recovery for that too. Did you ever stop and think about it? If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And I always say, if you've chosen a path that doesn't have any resistance, it must not lead to anywhere. So God will give you vision. The language of the Holy Spirit is dreams and visions. You know that. If you spend time with the Holy Spirit and pray long hours, the Holy Spirit will birth dreams in you. The language of the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the deity, he'll begin to breathe vision into you and show you about your future and what God wants to do for you and, and, and the blueprints, the plans of God. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, not plans for calamity or evil, but for a future and a hope and expected end. You say, well, I wish, I sure wish I knew. Well, Jeremiah 33, 3 is God's phone number. Call unto me, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not of yet. Amen? Amen. Amplified Bible says things that are fenced and hidden in the heart of God for your life. So nevertheless, he said, to heal the broken heart, recover your sight to the blind, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of Jubilee. Amen? It's time to celebrate. Amen? Amen. It's time, to, it's time to put aside the past. It's time to let go of all the hurts and all the issues, unforgiveness, uh, whatever it is that tries to hold you like a ball and chain in your emotions. It's time to let it go and celebrate. But it's the anointing. So now, going back to that conference, <laughs> and I hit that gentleman, he said, you know, Brother Chris, he said, I was done. I was absolutely, I told the Lord, I'm, after this conference, I'll never speak again. I want nothing to do with it. I'm done. I'm just, I'm fried. I'm, I'm done. He said, when you hit me. Well, it wasn't that I, I hit him. I, I obeyed God. I was a vessel. And that's unusual. Really, it was unusual. But I think God wanted to impact him to let him know, you're not quitting. And if you think about it for a minute, I'm going to kaboom you back into your place. Now, that's just too much is given, much is required. And that's very unusual. But he afterwards, now today, uh, he's doing fantastic. He's invited me to his church multiple times. He's down in the uh, Texas area and doing a great work. And he's married, happily married, and good things are happening. And it's like he's fulfilling his calling. But that was a pivotal crossroad. Now, how many of you would ever have ever been tempted to want to quit? All of us. Yeah. Now, Job 5 and verse 7 says this. Man is born into adversity as sparks fly upward. You know, in fact, when you were born years ago, they would take the baby out, and they would spank the baby on the rear end just to let them know that there's trouble coming. <laughs> Isn't that right? And I don't think they do that much anymore. Thank God, right? Because now, now you, the doctors could give, you know, child abuse or something. Who knows, with all this woke you know, stuff and nonsense. But... You know, but the bottom line is, you know, adversity comes to all of us. Psalms 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. If you stop right there, we'll hand out Kleenexes and it's all over with. But he says, but out of them all, the Lord delivers. Amen. 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 And then 1 Timothy 3, 12 says, all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. And Mark 4, 19 says, persecutions and afflictions come for the word's sake. Are you listening to me? 
So you can't avoid trouble. Trouble's part of life. And in fact, 1 Peter 4.12 says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try you as though there's something strange happening. He says, but rejoice in so much that the same afflictions are being accomplished by your brethren in the world. So persecutions and afflictions arise because of the word that lives inside of you, because of Jesus and what you stand for. Are you there? Yeah. Now, Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Are you listening to me? Yeah. And so, you know, once again, all of us are tempted to quit in life but I always say when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And trying times are never time to quit trying. Are you listening to me? And so adversity, we're born into adversity. Whether we like it or not, you have to face the hard times that are in front of you. And if you will do it in faith and carry the anointing of God and spend time with God and stay in the word and stay in church and stay connected, You'll overcome everything that comes down the pike because the Bible says no temptation is overtaking you such as common to man. That word temptation means test, trial, and affliction. So there's no test, trial, and affliction that can overtake you such as common to man. We're all tempted and test, trial, and afflicted and, and all this. There's nothing new under the sun. So the enemy's got his, you know, he's got his, you know, agenda and his strategies. But we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We're not. We know what's going on. We're not stupid. We're smart. We're wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Well, I guess kind of that story wasn't too gentle as a dove. It's more like, more like strong as a moose or something like that, you know? But the bottom line is, the bottom line is adversity and problems come to all of us. And you cannot stick your head in the sand. And you know what? Some people say, well, there must be something wrong because I'm going, no, there must be something right. Because if you're not getting, going through adversity, it must mean you're not doing anything. Are you listening to me? So many of you uh, tonight, I felt, because the Lord said, teach on this tonight, about adversity and overcoming and hurtling adversity. And, you know, and all of us face adversity. Are you there? Now, for me, I've had all hell break loose because of the anointing. Because I'll spend long hours fasting and prayer for the power of God to carry it to my generation. And because that yoke power, you know, that anointing that we carry, uh, you know, the devil, you, you become a, a big target to take you down. Are you listening to me? And so that's, Satan knows, you know, like, he knows that you're going to come in like your pastors are carrying something. They're, you know, you're carrying something that's going to change the world around you. He'll try to get you out of the picture. Are you there? You know, I, I uh, the Lord told me years ago, he said, I'm going to bring your feet across the paths of the past great men of God, generals, you know. And so I've, I've been around Oral Roberts, Dr. Summerall, uh, Brother Hagen. I, I taught for Brother Hagen in healing school, prayer healing school. You know, I've, the Lord has brought T.L. Osborne, all those previous generals God's brought me across their path. And, you know, uh, in... in uh, one particular time I, with Oral Roberts, I, you know, I asked him a question. I said, you know, what is it that, um, that you could tell a younger minister, you know, you, know, you know, as you've been seasoned and through these years? He said, well, he said to me, he said, young man, he said, there'll come a time where the enemy will come to try to take you out of ministry and take you out of life, and he'll, bring, he'll come for the jugular. Then, have you any, any of you experienced, like, some major assaults that came against you and you thought, I don't think I could ever hurt a lot of this thing. 
But Oral Roberts said, he said, you'll have to, when you, when you have that crossroad, you'll have to win that battle to go on. And if you do, then you'll conquer the enemy and you'll carry out and fulfill your, your calling. That's good, isn't it? Amen. So, you know, and I, uh, you know, I'm good friends with Dr. You know, Rodney Howard Brown and, and uh, we're friends. And, you know, they lost, uh, they lost their daughter. She was 18 years old. She passed away on Christmas Day. You know, and they, and they invited me to travel with them down to uh, Brother Copeland's on a plane with them, and they brought the wrong plane. So we went out to Chris Ruth's and had a steak and just fellowshiped, and that was pretty good. It's the alternative. But they began to share with me how they, on Christmas Day, how they lost their daughter. And you say, and his wife was just crying, tears in her face. I said, well, what did you do? Jump up and dance on the table? No, I cried with him. See, there's suffer, suffering, persecutions, and afflictions. There's trouble that will come because of your walk with God. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they hated me, they'll hate you. But we're greater than these things. 1 John 4 and 4 says, you're of God beloved and overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph and manifests the sweet aroma of his presence everywhere you go. I tell people all the time, you're wearing heaven's cologne. It's called triumph. And when you walk in the room, there's an aroma about you. You know, victory comes in on the scene. And let me tell you something. You know, people in the body of Christ that love God and really are sold out, you'll face adversities, but let me tell you something. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, Whosoever is born of God overcomes this world. Woo, glory. And this is the victory that overcomes this world, even our faith. Amen. So the just shall live by faith. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word. And let me tell you something. Jesus is a conquering champion Amen. who kicked the living daylights out of the forces of hell through the death, burial, and resurrection. And now he's given unto you and I power and authority. Amen? Amen. Are you listening to me? 2014, I was traveling. I was, there was a conference in Orlando. And I was one, there were three speakers again, and I was one of those speakers. And uh, I had lost some weight, and I really had trimmed up, and so I had to adjust some suits and some things, so I was going for some alterations. I was going to get the alterations, throw them right in the back of my car, and just drive right to Orlando and get ready for, you know, I always go in early. I don't know how it works with you, but, like, I, if I'm going to speak at a conference, I'll go in a day early, so I just tune up and focus in and get everything in order, and I'll pray all that first day and fast and pray just to tune up. Not that I've been too far from it, but you know what I mean. I put a little extra time in for those meetings up front, on the front end. So I, I was at a corner intersection, and I was turning left to go down to this where my alterations were, and I had a green light, and so I began to turn into the intersection, and out of the blue, uh, a teenager, I found out later, with an expired license going 70 miles an hour, hit me in the intersection. Welcome to the ministry. <laughs> and you know, well, you know, God did, no, God doesn't do stupid things like that. The thief comes. You know, you're taught well. John 10, 10 says the thief. Everybody say the thief. The thief, the thief comes for what? But to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil was trying to kill me. Now, my, my car got hit, and thank God the tip of my car was turned out, so when it hit, it spun the car two times in the intersection. That's how hard I could show you pictures, and you'd, go, you'd probably get hankies and want to cry. The car literally was ripped up. 
My car was torn to shreds, and it was about on fire. So what would you do? Well, all, as soon as I got hit, Jesus came out of my lips. See, because we're like tea bags. What's on the inside of us comes out in trouble. Amen? When you get in hot water, what's inside of you? That's why David said, the word have I hid in my heart that I wouldn't sit against you. And I say, if you take time to put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it'll be there when you do need it. Amen? So get that word inside of you because the word, the conquering champion, Jesus of Nazareth in a seed form, lives on the inside of you. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, his expression and his character is released through you. Amen? So what'd you do? Spun two and a half times, just about in the intersection, unclipped my thing, speaking Jesus, jumped out of the car, went over on the grass and said, okay, next. <laughs> Seriously. I felt like I was in an action movie, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. <laughs> I'll be back, you know. And, and you know, the, thing, the thing about it was, see, Satan was trying to take me out. In 2008, my, my, you know, we had a, a we, I have three beautiful girls, you know. And 2008, uh, we were pregnant with our, actually our third child, and then we got a report that the child had trisomy 18. Now, I've, I've, I, never, I know a trisomy 18, it's an extra chromosome, so the body doesn't develop. And so, you know, I went through, the doctor said the child won't last more than probably two or three months, the child will just pass away. We went full term with the child. I prayed every night, you know, walked in floors, but... But nevertheless, we lost the child. And, you know, the, doc the doctor said, you know, the, the baby's head was, was uh, I don't know, it was like crown. The crown of the head wasn't properly. They said the, the, the stomach was open. The intestines were out. The heart was, uh, all these types of things. When the baby was born, the baby was perfect. And so God was working on the baby, but the baby came premature. And then we lost her at, at the delivery time. And that was horrible, you know, and that was really disturbing to me. And that child was supposed to be a boy because the Lord told me when, when I was in prayer, he said, you'll, you'll have two girls and a boy. Well, this was supposed to be the boy. And we lost the child. See, that's, that's heartache, you know. And I know there's a lot of women that have had miscarriages and lost children and things of that nature. And so uh, in 2000, in, uh, 2000, the year 2000, I was in Shreveport, Louisiana, I was traveling down in the Louisiana area, and I was speaking at Word of Life Center for one of the regional directors for, for uh, ICFM. And I was in prayer late at night. And I'd been, for the six months, I had been praying long hours to ask the Lord for the miraculous. I'd been pressing the, pounding the gates of heaven, you know. And uh, you know, I was walking late at night, probably about 1130 at night, because I like to pray at night for whatever reason. I enjoy that. I don't know, whatever works for you, whatever floats your boat, as long as you get it. Get in connection with them, you know? And I was in a hotel room, and I was, I was walking. And I'm saying all this because it's connected to the loss of a child. We lost the child in 2008. This was 2000. I was praying. And about, uh, oh gosh, I think it was about 1130, you know, going quarter 12, something like that. And I was walking in the room, and my wife was with me. And, and, uh, and uh, the, an angel of the Lord appeared in front of me, stood in front of me. And, uh, you know, it startles you, you know. When an angel comes to you, it'll startle you. You know, like I said, one person said, if an angel comes, you better have your huggy diapers on. Because, you know, it's startling. And, in fact, if you study Luke 1, verse, uh, I guess, around 11 through 18, when the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, appeared in, in a vision, he appeared to uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they're going to have a child. Remember that? 
And he said, how can this be, seeing I'm an old man? He said, and he told him, you know, he's praying for a child. And, you know, and then the angel comes and says, you're going to have a child. His name is John, his most gracious favor. And he says, how can this be, seeing, I mean, you got an angel in front of you and you're arguing with an angel? Like, come on now, snap out of it. Hello? You know? And, uh, and he told him, he said, he said, you're going to be deaf. I'm not deaf, uh, dumb. You're not going to be able to speak until the child comes. You know why? Because words are powerful. Think about that. Life and death and the power of the tongue. And, and God wouldn't let his unbelief stop the birth of that child, which was John. Amen? That's a whole other sermon. I could go down there for a while, but we won't for the sake of time. And uh, so nevertheless, the angel startled him. Well, it does startle him. And the angel said this to me. And I'm not trying to be over-spiritual. I'm not, but I'm going somewhere with it. God's leading me to say some things. He said, I've been sent from the presence of God to bring miracles to your ministry like you've been petitioning. He said, stretch out your hands. So I stretched out my hands. You ever been a computer work, guys? Have you ever downloaded something in the computer? How many of you ever had to download a program? And you're like, well, it's downloading. Let's go grab a cup of coffee. It'll be done 30 minutes from now. Something was getting downloaded on the inside of me. Are you listening to me? And then the Lord, and I didn't expect to teach on this because I just follow the Holy Ghost like a dog on the hunt. And so the Lord said to me, go take your wife, kneel down by the bed. Y'all with me, right? So I knelt down by the bed, and I heard I was the voice of Jesus. And I knelt down by the bed, and I looked up, and Jesus was on the bed, standing there. The glory of God, the presence of God was so radiant and brilliant and bright. And uh, the Lord said to me, from this point on, I'll take your wife out of this experience. She just flopped over under the power of God in the, in the, in the hotel room. Boom, fell under the power of God. And I got caught up into heaven, and I came into a room. And this room was filled with flags of all the nations of the world. How about that? From every kindred, every tribe. And the Lord said to me, he said, I said, what is this place? Because when you have those experiences, you don't talk to God. You just have thoughts, and he answers them. Jesus just answers your thoughts. I said, Lord, what is this place? He said, this is a place where all the prayers of the saints from all over the world their prayers come in this room. There were flags all over the place. He said, if they live right, I'll answer their prayers into the earth and bring the answers they need into the earth. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Now, I was sitting there staring, looking at Jesus. He was standing in front. I didn't expect to talk about this, so just bear with me. And I was looking at it. You ever sit there and talk to somebody, but you kind of something catches your eyes around behind them, and you're trying to not be rude, but something catches your eyes, and you're trying you know what I'm talking about? So I looked over at this door, and this door has Victorian gold. He saw gold like you wouldn't believe all around the door. And I had this thought, Lord, what is that room? He said, I'll show you. For you know, we're standing in front of this door. Jesus said, follow me, took a step through the door, and began to laugh. Hysterical joy hit me. I couldn't stop laughing. Joy hit me. Now, the Bible says the, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, how many of you know that? You ever heard that? Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? Amen? And so we went around some kind of a winding staircase. It was upward. We went upward. When we got to the top of the staircase, we looked out. There were children for miles playing on a playground. I said, Lord, what are these children doing here? He said, these are children that have been aborted, miscarriages, people from previous generations, children that died young. And I said, well, Lord, could you give me scripture for that? He said, Zechariah 8, 6. He said, the city of New Jerusalem shall be filled 
The streets shall be filled with boys and girls playing in the streets. So God gave me scripture for the whole experience. And then Acts chapter 2, verse 17, he said this, he said, in the let, he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, young men see visions. You know what the Amplified Bible says? Divinely granted visitations. Amen. That was a divinely granted visitation. So see, now let me say this to you. I said all that just to say this. When I lost the child in 2000, I, I, had, I had the visitation in 2000. We lost the child in 2008. I knew where the child was was in heaven. Amen. And then it wasn't but a few weeks later we flew up to Mack and Lynn Hammond's church in Minneapolis and uh, they run about 10,000 member church and the pastor and his wife is very prophetic. Do you know who Lynn Hammond is? Do you know who she is? Yeah. Lynn, I was in the office and she, and she said, and she, this is right after we lost the baby, and she said, listen to what she said. She said, uh, she said, I see Samuel on you. And I said, oh, well that's I'm so humbled by that that she would share. She said some other things about the ministry. She said, but the next child that comes, the same purpose was on the child that you lost will be even greater. How powerful is that? Are you listening to me? Yeah. And of course, that, that came, the third child was my girl, Lexi, and she is phenomenal, young little girl. And see, there's great purpose. See? But my point, my point was that all tragedies come. But out of those tragedies comes triumph. Every loss and everything that you go through and every challenge, God will always make it up to you. He'll cause it all to work together for good if you love him and you're called according to his purposes. I was 17 years old when I first got born again, and I was, I was a young kid. I was squirrelier than a $3 bill. I didn't know nothing, but Jesus appeared to me when I was 17 years old and put his hand on me and the power, and I knew I was called to ministry at 17. See why it wasn't so hard to walk away from football? Right? I mean, what? I mean, you know, what is that compared to, the, to serving him and what I'm doing today, speaking all over the world and all over the nation, sharing this message of, of hope and victory and what Jesus can do for you, you know? Are you listening to me? Amen. But see, we lost a child, 2008, 2014, hit, my car was, all, you know, I was almost killed by a 17-year-old kid. Hit me. See, persecutions and afflictions arise. And I'm not trying to point out a gloom and doom gospel here or put you in fear. But I will tell you this, it's time to get committed to God like never before. Amen. Come on. It's time to jump in and serve him with all your heart. You young, you know, young girls, don't waste your whole life like, you know, I'll serve Jesus when I'm 40. No, serve him now. Right? I like this one. He's cute, isn't he? He's cute, yeah. Very humble, too. Yeah, he's cute. Aw. Are you listening to me? Amen. Now, Ephesians chapter, and I'll wrap this up in a little bit, but I'll just share a few more things. with you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, says, Finally, brethren, who's he talking to? The church or the world? Church. Finally, brethren, listen to this. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. One translation says, be strong in Jehovah. I woke a few of you up now. <laughs> and in the power of his might. Now notice what he says. Now he goes on. For our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, one class of evil spirits, principalities, powers, another class of evil spirits, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Then he tells you what to do. He says, put on the full armor of God, wherewith you quench every fiery dart of the wicked. Put on the helmet of salvation. 
Keep your mind full of faith. The breastplate of righteousness, you're in right standing with God. Amen. Second Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to be made sin in your behalf that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're right with God right now. You'll never be any more righteous than you are because you're in right standing with God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And he talks about gird your loins with truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, gird your, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. In verse 17, he says, take unto you the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So God's giving us a sword to swing. And anytime you speak the word of God, you're swinging a sword in the spirit realm, and it's a two-edged sword, one to correct us and the other one to hit the devil's hiney hard. Are you listening to me? Now, in Colossians 1, in verse 13, says, And you hath he delivered out of the dominion of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom you have redemption and the forgiveness of his sin. Colossians 2.10 says, You're complete in him who is head over all principalities and powers. That's good news, isn't it? Praise God. Amen. 1 John 4 and 4, you're of God, beloved, and overcome them. Overcome what? Anything the enemy brings, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Colossians 2.15 says, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them through these death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus literally kicked the daylights out of the forces of hell to make you more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. Are you listening to me? Come on, now, focus in. Greater is he that lives inside of you tonight than the devil that lives in the world. You're in this world, but not of this world. Thanks be unto God who always causes you to triumph. But now you're going to have to do a few things. 2 Timothy 2.3, 2, you're going to have to endure hardness. Toughen up. Toughen up. Endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on, verse 4. No man that warreth, so that tells you we're in more spiritual warfare. No man that wars, ladies included. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this world that he may please him who's chosen him to be a soldier. So God uses military words, doesn't he? Because you're in a spiritual battle. But remember, the battle's already... And when we're dealing with... When you're dealing with spiritual battles, remember, you're dealing with dethroned powers. Satan is dethroned. He's under your feet. You have authority. Remember, Jesus said there's five signs that Jesus would do. He said, these signs shall follow those who believe. The first thing he said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. One translation says, in my name, you'll use your authority over the devil. You'll have authority over the devil. Now, tonight, let me tell you something. You've been taught real well around here, but you have authority in the name of Jesus to push back on any spiritual assault, any spiritual assignment, and you, when you speak that name like a two-edged sword, it begins to be released in the spirit realm. And Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you can prosper, for your righteousness is of him, and every tongue that rises against you shall be condemned, for this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. Are you listening to me? And the Bible says, those that dig a ditch for your feet, they'll fall to themselves. Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, but the Lord will reward him according to his deeds. Leave people to God. Stay sweet. Walk in love. 
but use your authority. Remember, your battle's not with flesh and blood. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Come on now, you have authority tonight. Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man after our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion. Everybody say dominion. dominion. The Amplified Bible says this, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, make man after our image and let him have complete authority. You have authority in the name of Jesus. You master through the master who lives in you. Hallelujah. So now you and I all, whatever we face, just remember, you're the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Whatever you put your hands to, you prosper. You're like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, bringing forth fruit in your season. You are the head, not the tail. You're up top. The devil's under your feet. But you've got to remind him. You've got to know your authority. You've got to exercise your authority in the name of Jesus. You got it tonight? Nahum 1 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. See, the day of trouble, a stronghold. He knows those who put their trust in him. Galatians 6 9 says, Let us not, let us not grow weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't faint. One translation says, If you don't give up. Are you listening to me? See, Jesus said, In the world you'll have tribulation, the word is trouble. But he said, Be of good cheer. One translation says, cheer up. Cheer up. I always tell people it takes 42 muscles to frown, 12 to smile. Give your face a break. <laughs> Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Amen. Remember who lives on the inside of you tonight. That's right. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Be ye steadfast, immovable. All immovable. Right. Say, well, you know, the devil did it. No! There's no weaklings in here. Christianity is a strong man's gospel. God made you a conqueror. He's given you his name, his power, his blood, the authority of the church. The head of the church lives inside of you. Depression has to go. Fear has to go. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound, well-balanced, disciplined mind. Isaiah 41.10, he said, Fear thou not, for I'm with you. Neither be dismayed or discouraged, for I'm your God. For I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you through the right hand of your, my righteousness, which is Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Come on, isn't that exciting? <laughs> Psalms 46, 1 and 2 says, God is your refuge. God is your strength. A very present help in time of trouble. See, he's there. The Lord is the light, the light of your salvation. Whom shall you fear? For the Lord is the strength of your life. Whom shall you be afraid? Fear is the dark room where your negatives are developed. If you're afraid to go through a door, go kick it open. Are you listening to me? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There's no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. Because fear causes torment, and the one who's in fear is not made perfect in love. Amen. So let me tell you something. Adversity comes to us all. But the Bible says again, thanks be unto God, who always, everybody say always. Always, always causes us to triumph. If you don't quit, yep. you can't quit. You can't quit! Right. And if you do, Pastor and I will chase you with a 
plastic baseball bat. I'm just kidding. Tie you to a tree and pray for you all night long. I'm just kidding. I'm having fun. He loves you now, and you gotta, you got to toughen up, get strong in the Lord, spend time with your Father, remember who you are in Christ, and don't ever quit. I said, don't ever quit. I said, don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. Do not. Many people quit right before the biggest blessings hit them. You say, why am I getting hit so hard with all these troubles? Because you're on the, you're on the, right on the doorway of something great. Remember that. When the hardest things are coming against you, there's a breakthrough on the other end of it. Right at that door. You're right at the doorway. I'll give you one more scripture. Scripture, not scripture. Second Samuel 5.20 said, David fought a great battle. It's called Pezzerim. And it's called, it was called the, like the rivers, like rivers that flowed. He called him the Lord of the breakthrough. It's time for a breakthrough for you tonight. You walk in breakthrough. In fact, some people say, well, I don't, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm looking for trouble. Some people are trying to dodge trouble. I'm trying to cause trouble. I'm trying to cause a riot. I'm going to push back on the kingdom of darkness because the conquering champion lives. When he picked on me, he picked on the wrong character. Come on. Proverbs 28, 1, the wicked flee when no man pursues him, but the uncompromised righteous are as bold as a lion. Acts 4, 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived their unlearned and ignorant men, they took notice they'd been with Jesus. Boldness comes out of your relationship with God, not screaming and yelling. It comes out of your relationship with God. And if you walk with God, you'll carry that anointing, and you'll carry that power to your generation, and God will cause you to be triumphant. And bless you and direct you and guide you and instruct you and lead you by his spirit and you'll be a victor all the days of your life. Now don't be a victim, be a victor. Amen. Well, you know, it's all happened to me. What is it? Come on, <laughs> shake it off. <laughs> don't be belly aching. You don't win no battles when you're belly aching. Are you listening to me? Now, the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice and reap, you know, weep with those who weep. But, you know, there's a time like some one person like, well, you know, came in the healing line and said to me, you know, would you please pray for me? I'm going through such a hard time. Went through a divorce. Oh, I said, well, when was your divorce? 30 years ago. I was like, hmm. Pastor. He's like, I already know. You know what I mean? Like, shake it off, man. Come on. You know, can I share one more small thing with you? Do you remember when Paul was supposed to appear before King Agrippa? Remember that? And he, and he was going on a boat, and it was, they were at sea 14 days. And before they left, Paul said, I perceived, I perceived, Paul, a man of God. He said, I perceive that this mission will not be without trouble. And they listened to the captain of the boat. Don't ever listen to the natural man over the superman. You better listen to the, the spiritual man. Amen. They didn't listen to Paul, but they listened to the captain, and so they began to sail. And then they're out at sea. There's 276 people on board. They're 14 days at sea, and a storm hits. And then, the, and then the ship hits the rocks. It starts to bust up and everything, and they all jump off board, remember? And Paul, right before they're about to crash, Paul stands up again in the middle of the storm, the man of God in the storm, says, none of you, I perceive right now, that although we're going to have trouble here, none of you will lose your lives. Remember? Okay. If you don't remember, read it. It's interesting, Acts 28. And so then he said, then he, then he said, they all swim to the shore, right? And then they get to, and it's raining out. And then the man of God, and right in the middle of crisis, is building a bonfire. That's what we do, bro. 
Right in the middle of crisis, we're building bonfires, spiritual bonfires. I am a spiritual arsonist. That's what we do. We start fires. I'm here to light a fire tonight. Amen? But it's his fire, not our fire. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So then you remember what happened, and I'll be done with it. Do you remember what happened? It said Paul was gathering sticks, you know, and he's gathering all these sticks, and he throws these sticks in the fire, and then a viper comes out of the fire and latches on. Remember that? Do you remember that? You're taught well, right? What did Paul do? Paul laid down and said, I'm dead. I'm dying. Anybody got an EpiPen? Get my, get my last will and testament. I want to change it. I want to give the money to someone else. No. The Bible says Paul, when they thought he should die, when they thought he should be killed, you know, I mean, a viper, man, it's a snake. I mean, it's poisonous, boom, he's done. So Paul shook it off, and it fell into the fire. Now, why could he do that? He knew his authority. He knew who he was in Christ. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He'd been through heartache before. This is nothing new under the sun. But he had the anointing on him. See what I'm saying? The anointing was on him. The fire of, listen, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar heated that thing up seven times hotter. They went through that fire. The fire of God was greater than the fire of the furnace. Got it? The anointing. You get hot with the anointing, it'll get you through anything. Paul shook it off and suffered no ill effect. Now, let me tell you something. you got to shake stuff off fast. I played college football. You know, I, I didn't drop, you know, maybe a few passes that were over my head that I had to get on a trampoline to even get my fingers to touch it. You threw anything near me, I was going to catch it. But if any player, as I was the captain of the team two years, if a player made a mistake, the first thing that I did went over to them as a leader, popped them in the tail and said, you shake that off and get your head back in the game. Why? Because if you're sitting there thinking about what happened, you can't get back in the game to play the next play. Then The next play, you could score. Are you there? Every time I went out on a pass, I was thinking I was going to score in my mind. You throw it anywhere near me, I'm going to score. That's what was going through my brain. You've got to start thinking different. You've got to start thinking higher. You've got to start thinking like a champion, like Jesus, like your pastors. Start thinking more like they do because they're champions. Amen? You got me? Everybody say, shake it off. Shake it off. Turn to somebody, say, shake it off. Shake it off. Both, right? <laughs> it's time to shake it off. I know you might be going through some hard times. I know the devil may even struck and hit you hard. But shake it off into the fire. Yeah. Get in the fire of God. Get in the presence of God, and that stuff will fall right off you. Yeah. The anointing is here tonight. Has this helped you tonight? Yeah. yeah, I sure appreciate you and love you. Amen. What a privilege to be here. Now, I probably gave you 300 verses, dropped it in you fast and downloaded, but you're being washed with the word. See? So that's what we want to do. We want to bring the scriptures and the truth and take you, take you to what God wants. Amen? Let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, we thank you for these precious people. Father, we love you so much tonight. Thank you for the privilege to speak here tonight and to share a few minutes your word. Father, we know we're born into adversity as sparks fly upward, but you know, you've given us power and authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. 
We love you so much tonight, and we worship you, and I thank you again for, for these people, Lord. They love you. They're here. They're precious. There's a move of God in this area, Father. Your presence, your power, pour it out upon these people. Father, those that have been discouraged, those that have been fighting the good fight of faith, maybe dealing with depression, sadness, sorrow, whatever it might be, I pray that you would incur, I speak encouragement over them right now. And Philippians 3.13 says, I haven't arrived at this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. See, here comes the anointing. Watch it hit this place. You watch what comes on here in this place. Here it comes. It'll come in heavy, I'm telling you right now. If you want change in your finances, sow more seed. Don't do the, the standard thing. Oh, we'll do this. We just do this. That's all we do, you know. No, do something different. Up the ante, bless, sow higher, and you'll break out of the financial bless. Bliss. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. See, that anointing's here. You watch what hits this building. Mark it down. Just close your eyes and just worship him. Here it comes. Just close your eyes and just focus in on him.
So if you're here tonight and you're struggling, you haven't been able to sleep at night, would you just stand up quickly? Sleepless nights, I feel strong. There's several of you. Quickly, just stand to your feet. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, honey. Quickly, stand to your feet. Not able to sleep at night. No, no, don't unhook with what the presence is there. Just close your eyes and worship God. Uh, if you're struggling with depression, quickly, if that's you, stand to your feet. Depression. I'm not sleeping or feel depressed. Quickly, just stand to your feet. If you have a condition called bipolar, they say you're bipolar. That comes up in my spirit. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Quickly. Um, uh, either had a miscarriage or, or lost a child. Quickly stand to your feet. Quickly. That's you. So you see why I shared on that tonight? Haven't talked on that in I don't know how long. Quickly, lost a child. Quickly, miscarriage, lost a child. I see depression, like depression on people. Quickly, if that's you, stand to your feet. Be, just be honest. Just, you'll get help quickly. We're going to pray for you, and it'll be busted off you. And the anointing will break that off of you quickly. Sinus problems, lower back pain. Ringing in the ears, quickly. Um, some kind of growth in the chest area through the breast area, some kind of knot or something in there, quickly, if that's you. Stomach, stomach issues like uh, digestive tracts that are inflamed. I don't know who that is. Quickly stand to your feet. Someone here, you've got some kind of pain through the, from the ear down through the side into the jaw into the neck area. You've got pain on, the, it's on this side, the right side. I don't know who that is. Quickly stand to your feet. Can't sleep at night. Quickly. Again, I'll call that out because I feel like there's more. Quickly, you have to obey God. See, I call, I, if it comes back around, it means some of you didn't obey. So just obey God there. Two of you stood up and that's good. Quickly. There's another one. Quickly. Not sleeping at night. Okay, here's another thing. Irregular heartbeat. There's an irregularity in your heartbeat. It's not, it's, it's, it's not like a, fluttering or something with the heartbeat. Okay, quickly. There's another one there. Okay, thank you. Ringing in the ears. Is that you? Ringing in the ears? Yeah. You have ringing in your ears, don't you? Yeah, it's going to go quick. Okay, lower back pain. Got pain in the lower back, like sciatic nerves. It's just a lot of pain in the lower back. God's going to heal that tonight. Yeah. Someone here, you, um, you have pain through the shoulder areas up through the shoulder in here. God wants to heal that through the, like, you know, it hurts, restrictioned, full range of motion in your arms when you'd lift them up. Like if you worshiped, you'd have pain. Okay, I see that in the back. Thank you, sir. Some kind of knot, some kind of a, a knot in the uh, lower back. There's a knots in the back, lower back area. There's like spasms is what it is. Yeah, spasms if that's you. Respiratory problems. Here's another thing. You're having a hard time breathing. You're not breathing properly. Respiratory restrictions. Like you take a deep breath and like you're, you're, it's almost like your breath gets cut off. It's not 100%. Who's that? Just quickly call that out. Okay. All right. All right. Here's another thing I hear, and I'm just going to call it out. 
There's someone in here, you're struggling, you struggle with jealousy. Issues of jealousy, like, like torments you. Jealousy over other people. If you're struggling with that, God wants to set you free of that. Quickly, just jump to your feet, just jump up. It's, just, it's a work of the flesh, but you know, you have to, it can be a spirit that begins to work there. And uh, you, you know, God's no respecter of persons, so don't worry about what somebody else has, right? I mean, he'll do it for you. You just ask him, and he's, you know, it's Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, what he does for one and do for all, so he's not going to withhold anything. Here's another thing, female problems, like the uh, ovaries. Like you have problems with your female, but I don't know if you're, yeah, let's sell that. In fact, I looked right over at you, and I knew that was you. Uh, yeah, so female problems like the uh, ovaries or something not functioning properly or something or other. Okay, digestive tracts, sinus issues. Uh, here's another thing. I, I see somebody that you're, you're, at times with your thinking, you get cloudy. Like all of a sudden you're thinking really clear, and all of a sudden you get cloudy and you just can't seem to grab your thoughts. I don't know who that is. But if that's you, just, just step up, you know. All right. And then let's just wait a minute here because we'll make sure we get everything that God wants. Hallelujah. Uh, numbness in the feet. Your feet are numb. You don't feel. There's a numbness in the feet. That's all going to come back tonight. Uh, here's another thing. Some kind of skin rash, like eczema or something like that. Skin rash. There's a rash on you. And that... Is that you too? Okay, see, so God knows, right? He knows. And uh, here's another thing, and I'm just going to call out. Like the devil keeps telling you to go commit suicide, take your life, hope deferred. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to listen to him. But he, those thoughts have come to you. I mean, Jesus, I mean, the devil came to Jesus, told him to go jump off a cliff, and said he's given angels charge over you to keep you. Just go ahead and jump, you know. But, you know, he, didn't, he just said, get behind me, Satan, you know. It's also written, you should not tempt the Lord thy God. So you're being tempted. It's not God. It's the devil. It's lies. So the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, casting in imagination every lofty thought that exalts itself. Numbness in the feet. Numbness in the feet and hands. That's the nerves. Nerve endings or something's not right. So if that's you, just come on forward. Is that you too? Okay. okay. Yeah, everybody come on up forward and we're going to... Uh, pray for you. Come on, come on up here. We're going to pray for you and we'll just, Pastor, if you could just help me with we'll minister to people and then I'll, I'll pray for the two of you. Okay. okay, last if that's okay. Come on up forward. Just come on up make a line and we'll pray. We'll take the jacket off. So it's, amen. See, so God's doing a beautiful work in here tonight, right? And you can't quit, right? No one's quitting in this place. Amen. So we're going to have to like Hold them up right there. Just hold them right there because we'll have to pray and the anointing is going to hit them. So just, we'll just use wisdom, all right? All right. So you have ushers that can help me? Okay. All right, men. Just come on over here and follow. Follow me, okay? And this thing's going to feed back. I'll guarantee it. We're going to have screeching and squealing. And... Okay. Sorry. That, that made it worse. Oh, well. It's one way to get the devil out of here. Here, I'll just turn.